0: I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was my turn Till I met you I was breathing but not Life. All my failures I tried to hide. It was my turn till I met you, and you called. your mercy has saved my soul. Now your kingdom is all that I know. The old man knew Jesus Shelter, I was an orphan, and you call me a citizen of heaven. New Life Christian Center. We're so glad that you're here joining us this morning. And uh, I'm glad I'm here. And most importantly, I'm glad God is here with us. And uh, whenever I come into worship, uh, one of the things that I do is I, I put out my hands like a cup and, and, I, and I come and, and I pray, God, fill me with what you have for me this morning. You know, I'm here. There's nothing else to do. There's nowhere else I need to be. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. What do you have for me this morning? And we can come with what we think we need. And sometimes the Holy Spirit's like, nah, (laughs) you need something else. But when we come expecting God, he's faithful. He's here. He's going to speak. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, may our hearts be open. May our minds be open. May our ears hear. But you have to speak to our hearts this morning. to build that relationship between us. May we be open to the movement of the spirit as it blows to this room, and your breath upon this world. So we may find your grace and your mercy. May we find hope and forgiveness. Because where you are, those things are. Let us continue to worship you. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin, lost without hope with no place to begin. Your love made a wait, let mercy come in when death was arrested, and my life began, Ash was redeemed only you. And heart was given a name. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance, when death was arrested and my life began. And oh, your grace so free washes over I'm a prisoner no more. My shame, shame was a ransom he faithfully bore. He cancelled my death, and he called me. Your endless love Pouring down on us You have made us new Now life begins with you Our Savior displayed on a criminal's cross Darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost Then Jesus arose with our freedom chapter 15. Jesus says, if a man has a 100 sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out and search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than the 99 that did not wander. And in the same way, is it not my heavenly Father's will, that even one of these little ones should perish. So let's sing about his reckless love. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. I took a breath you breathed your life in me you have been so so kind Serving, still you give yourself. I was your foe still your love fought for me and you have been so so good to me when I felt no worth you paid it all for me and you have been so so serving Wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. No shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. so a wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. so thankful, God, that you are the good shepherd. And not a single one has to be left behind because you call out to us and you seek us out, God. Wherever we go, there you are, God, already working your will. And may that love and that will break down the walls that we build up around ourselves. But the lies we tell ourselves, not being good enough, not being worthy enough to be loved, not being good enough to be forgiven. God, may your love crash those walls down. Because your love is reckless. relentless and pursuing us. And we thank you for the forgiveness that is offered in the life of new creation, God, with you, full of hope and joy, and may we carry that for the rest of this day and then tomorrow, and be gratitude and be grateful for the, the blessings that you bestow upon. In Jesus' name we pray,
1: amen. Well, hey, New Life family, thank you so much for joining us online again this weekend, wherever you're watching from. We just want to say welcome to New Life Christian Center here on this weekend as we continue to dive into our series, Love Wins. But before we do that, go ahead and take out your phones and check in that you are watching New Life Christian Center, either the Patterson campus or the Turlock campus. And also go ahead and uh, pull up the sermon notes Uh, for this weekend as well. Uh, The way that you do that is you'll go onto our app and then you'll go to the uh, lower right-hand corner. You'll see the word Connect. Click on that and then click on Weekend Resources and then Sermon Notes and then pull up Today's Date. Also, we hope you're enjoying your Connect 3 groups. I know I am loving mine. Just last week, both of the guys in uh, my Connect 3 group uh, were able to share an experience that they had where both of them, Uh, individually, without even knowing that the other one did this, said that for the first time ever in their life, they were able to share with someone based on the scripture that we've been reading. By like, uh, they were engaged in a conversation and they both said, uh, oh, the Apostle Paul actually says this in Philippians. So uh, it's super encouraging. So if you don't have your Connect 3 group, make sure that you uh, connect or you text the word CONNECT, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, and the number 3 to 30500 and get your Connect 3 group going uh, right. Right now. You can start anytime. You don't have to wait to start. You don't have to wait till start on Monday. You can start at any time. Also, don't forget to always take advantage of the resources that we have on, on online that's available to you. Uh, just go to our uh website, newlifecc.com, and you can click on resources and you can see everything that we have available there. Um, And uh, for prayers, if you have any prayer needs that you would like for the staff here at New Life to be agreeing with you about, then you can just text the word PRAYERS to 30500 and I promise you. Someone is praying over your needs. Whatever your need is, whether it's relational or financial or health, uh, make sure that you get those in to text prayers at 30500, and we will be praying for you. And lastly, uh, we just want to uh, say thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity. Uh, We cannot do what we do every single week without you and your heart, and your giving, and your uh, the, the resources that God has entrusted you with. And we just want to say thank you. God has commanded us to surrender just a percentage or a portion of that back to him. And those of you that have been faithful in your generosity, we just want to say thank you so much. Whether you whether you do that through our app or our website or you mail it in, uh, the address is on the screen. But we just want to say thank you so much. We couldn't do it without you. Hey, something that we're really excited about that we're going to be doing From March the 28th all the way through Easter to April the 4th, we are going to be doing something called Journey with Jesus. You think, what is Journey with Jesus? Uh, Journey with Jesus is going to be out here in our quad here at the Turlock campus during the daylight hours between March 28th and April the 4th. Now, throughout the quad, there will be moments. Uh, Little things set up to where you can go by and take this journey with Jesus on the day of his crucifixion and resurrection. From the moment of his arrest all the way through, uh, we haven't figured out which ones we're going to do quite yet. But we want to invite you, March 28th through April the 4th, to take a journey with Jesus with us. Right out here in our quad, put that on your calendar. Daylight hours, come walk through our quad and go uh, moment by moment. Uh, from uh, all, the, all the different uh, um, uh, moments that Jesus had from, his, from uh, his trial all the way through to his resurrection. And we're so excited to be doing that this year. Make sure you put that on your calendar. We'll be doing that. Uh, we'll be giving you more information about that uh, also next weekend. There's so much going on right now here at New Life, especially coming up on the Easter uh, holiday, the Easter season, as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we want you to be a part of that. So make sure you stay up to date with everything that's happening here at New Life. Well, we're going to be in the Gospel, the book of Matthew today, chapter 4. So if you have your physical Bibles or whether you have it on your phone or your tablet, go ahead and pull up the Gospel, the book of Matthew, chapter 4. And that's where we're going to be doing, reading our text from today. Uh, um, a couple of months ago, maybe even a long, longer than that, my wife Janet is a nurse. And so she used to work nights. Now she's on days, thank God. After eight years of doing nights, uh, the God uh, has, uh, has answered our prayer and now she's on days. But one evening, she always left about 10 o'clock at night. She would go to work and work all through the night. And then I would go to bed, you know, 11 or midnight, or whatever. I'm kind of a night owl. And uh, one particular night, Janet leaves for work. I'm doing some stuff. And I crawl in the bed. I'm about to go to bed, turn the light out, crawl crawl in the bed. And I kind of flip the covers and something hits me on my hand. And so I'm... reaching around in the dark and I pick up this something it's plastic and it's about this big around I'm like what in the world is this so I turn on the light turn it around it says Duncan Hines the, the what I'm holding in my hand is the lid to a tub of ice cream or not ice cream but icing and Jan and I were on this pretty strict diet at the time. We were trying to lose some weight. So I took a picture of it, and I sent it to her at work. And I said, hey, if you're going to cheat on the diet, at least hide the evidence. So she got a big kick out of it. She texted me back. She said, oh, my gosh. I looked all over the place for that stupid lid. She said, I got home, crawled in bed, was hungry, went down to the refrigerator, opened it up, saw this tub of icing and decided to eat it in bed. I buried the the tub deep down into the garbage can, but I could not find the lid. And I said, well, here it is and you're busted. And she said, well, uh, I was hungry and the temptation was just way too strong. Well, like you, we all have uh, temptations, don't we? I have my own temptations. You know, just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I'm immune or uh, that I'm off limits to be tempted. Um, but we all have our temptations. Some are as innocent as sitting in, in bed and eating a whole tub of icing. I get that. But, but others, uh, other temptations are not so innocent. You know, Most of us, when we, when we hear the word temptation, our minds often go to some of the most horrible things. Cheating on a spouse or cheating on our finances. Tempted to say or do something unhealthy that we know that we might regret later. Tempted to take shortcuts to success or have this sense of an entitlement or an attitude uh, that we are better than others. There's a temptation to do that. We're tempted to have a lustful inner life, which is this black hole desire for more and more things and stuff because we think that that's going to make us happy. That inner turmoil that can destroy us and our families eventually. We're tempted to put our hope and our trust into false promises and idols and, and culture and government. No matter what political aisle you fall on, we have this temptation to put our hope and faith in them instead of Jesus. We're tempted to stay when we should go. We're tempted to go when we should stay. And one of the most dangerous of all temptations, which is to neglect our relationship with God because of our own guilt and shame and even tempted to give up on our faith because of this false identity we've believed about ourselves instead of who God says that we are. There's all kinds of temptations out there, and in the middle of every one of them that try to trip us up and knock us down and even try to pull us away from God's plan and purposes for our lives, Jesus is right there, and he's cheering us on he believes in us, showing us the way through the temptation because he loves us and love wins. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the Apostle Paul said this, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. I want to read that again. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Some people do not believe that this verse is in the Bible, but I just read it to you. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. And in case you're thinking, Jeremy, why would would Jesus even allow me to go through this temptation? Why doesn't he just stop this temptation from coming my way if he knows that there's a chance I could fail? Well, like we said a couple of weeks ago, God created you to have a genuine and authentic relationship with you. He gave us the freedom to either choose him or not. Remember, he doesn't want to force us to choose him. His desire is for us to follow him because we want to, because it's our decision. Remember, we said that a forced relationship is not a real relationship at all. And it's also because Jesus went through all the same temptations that we do, and he's given us the same strength that he had for us to get through them. He believes in you. He has faith that you can do it, that you can press through, that you can overcome it. Jesus, or, or Jeremy, uh, Jesus doesn't know what I'm going through because the temptations that I go through didn't exist in Jesus' day. Really? Not even a version of it? Look what the author of Hebrews said in the New Testament, chapter four, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet he did not sin why didn't he sin because love wins but how how did Jesus experience and make it through the temptations that we do today what was the driving force that gave him the ability to endure what he did love and compassion like we said last week love wins Jesus knew exactly who he was, he knew what his mission was, he knew it wasn't about him or his plan, that it was always about the will of the Father and the plan of the Father. The Father's plan and purposes was based on love and compassion, so it was with Jesus. So let's read about the temptations of Jesus and how the love for us, the love for humanity given to him by God worked through him. To defeat the temptations. Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 11. Hopefully you've had time to get there by now. It says this, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time the devil or the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, notice what he says here, if you are the son of God, Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's found in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, there's that, there's that, that challenge again, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and he will hold you with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. The devil was quoting from Psalm 91. And then Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, devil, you must not test the Lord your God, also found in the book of Deuteronomy. Next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said. If you kneel down and worship me, get out of here, Satan! Jesus told him. For the scriptures say you must not worship; you must worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. Again, found in Deuteronomy. Then the devil went away, and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Now, I want to point something out uh, from these, from this text, from these verses, because nowhere in any of these verses, does that indicate that Jesus used his divine supernatural powers to get him through these temptations? I've heard people say, yeah, well, Jesus made it through his moments of temptation because, well, he's Jesus. Yeah, Jesus was 100% God, but he was also 100% man, and he never crossed the line into his godly powers to make his life on this earth any easier. Otherwise, the scripture that we read in Hebrews would be just a big lie. Instead, he hurt like we hurt. He got hungry and thirsty like we do. He felt pain like we do. He cried like we do. And he was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Why did he not tap into his divinity to get through it? Because he was driven by love. And love wins. He knew his mission. He knew who he was. Three major temptations, major temptations brought on to Jesus by the enemy that encapsulated every earthly temptation designed to cause humanity to fall away from God and to sin against God. Yet Jesus passed the test. It wasn't easy because each temptation pulled, uh, painfully pulled uh, at, at, at Jesus and he resisted the temptation But it took effort. It was his love. It was his love for us that pushed him through all three of those. So the question that I want all of us to wrestle with this weekend is this. How do I use the love of God in my life that Jesus has for me to get me through temptation? So here's your first fill-in for the weekend. Number one, love wins when I crave the things of God. Love wins when I crave the things of God. So let's read Verses two through four again. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became hungry. During that time the devil or the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread, the loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now bread alone isn't a bad thing, right? I mean, Jesus was there during creation and even created the rocks with, with which he was being tempted. So why is that a bad thing? It's just bread. No, it's, it's much deeper than that. First of all, it would have been an abuse of his power. is what we just talked about. Because he would be crossing the line between his man's side and his God's side. And wouldn't be able to say to us today, I know what you're going through because I've been there. I know what it's like to be tempted to seek immediate gratification for a desire that's painfully plaguing you in the moment. You see, I believe that even when Jesus was, was going through these temptations, he was thinking about you. He was thinking about me, saying, no, I'm staying strong. I love humanity way too much to give in to this temptation. Because instead, he resisted that urge. It wasn't just an urge to put food in his stomach, but the urge of self-gratification. He resisted the temporary solution to a permanent problem. That's why Jesus said back to him, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, Jesus turning rocks into bread and eating them in the moment because he's hungry does nothing to fulfill God's plan and purpose for his life, nor does it fill the plan and purpose for our life. That immediate and instant gratification. The enemy was tempting Jesus to be disobedient to the plan of the Father and to give in to his physical desires, to give in to his physical appetites. And Jesus said, no. And he quoted scripture back to him. And it's one of the ways that the enemy tempts us today, by tempting our appetites, by tempting our desires. That's part of being human. It could be our appetite for physical food, for sexual fulfillment, for housing and clothing and freedom from pain. All of those are legitimate needs, like Jesus' hunger. The question we face is what will I do to get these needs met? Will I trust and obey God even when I feel that my needs aren't being met? Or will I go about meeting my needs any way that I feel I need to in the moment? Because when we do that, we find ourselves getting into trouble and getting into sin. Jesus stood strong. He put his trust in God, believing that God would sustain and provide for him. And with God's help, you and I can do the same. You see, God's plan and will is for us to choose what's right and what's good and what's holy. Not just what satisfies us in the moment. Avoiding the pitfalls and knowing what's unhealthy for us keeps us aware of our need for Jesus, for his strength. Instead of falling prey to satisfying what my flesh is desiring, desiring now, I can choose to pray. I can read through the scriptures. I can call a friend. I can, I can connect with someone that I, I, I've engaged as an accountability partner. Love wins when I crave what is good. Now I imagine Satan thought, well, that didn't work. So what else was up the sleeve of Satan? He tried another way. You see, if the enemy can't get you to fall one way, he'll always try another. He'll try a different approach, something even more enticing, something that maybe you weren't even expecting. You let your guard down in one particular area of your life and then he tempts you with something else. So write this down for number two. Love wins when I choose God's way over mine. Love wins when I choose God's way over mine. Verses five through seven. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded. The scriptures also say... You must not test the Lord your God. Now history tells us that the highest point of the temple, called the pinnacle, is anywhere from 400 to 600 feet high. It was where the priests would stand in the mornings and blow the trumpet high above the rest of the city to begin the day. And this is where the devil took Jesus to tell him to jump. So what's the temptation here? Some believe that it's a temptation for fame or popularity, which is something that we still face today with all of our social media platforms. Some magic trick tr- uh, trick to, to leap 500 feet down and to use his power somehow right at the last minute to catch himself so that everyone would see and believe that he is really Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Like that's the one that's gonna do it. But notice Satan begins these first two temptations with, if you really are, the Son of God, almost a prove it statement. A temptation that says, you can do whatever you want. You're Jesus, you're the Son of God. Just be you, no no harm will come to you because the scripture says this and this and this. This is Satan trying to twist the words of God to Jesus just like he still does to us today. You're not gonna get caught. You're not gonna get in trouble. You won't die, remember he said that to Adam and Eve, At the beginning of time. No one's going to find out. Remember, God loves you. You are a child of God. God's always going to be there to protect you and watch over you. He'll never let anything happen to you. He'll always protect you. So you live your life the way you want. You make any decision you want and nothing ever is going to happen to you because God will keep you safe. Say what you want. Do what you want. Post whatever you want. There's no absolutes. You do you. That's what we hear from the enemy. That sounds really familiar today, doesn't it? It's this mentality that once God forgives me and I put my hope and my faith and my trust in him, it's a free ticket to live as reckless and unhealthy and as dangerous as I want. That I can live as sinful and irresponsible as I want and God will be right behind me to pick up the pieces and come to my rescue. (laughs) I actually read... I read an article one time of of a person that said this, you can't outspend God's grace. Okay? You can just spend and spend and spend and God will provide. Now, as true as that is, because I actually believe that you can't outspend God's grace, but I don't think that's what he had in mind when he gave us his promises when he asks us to surrender our life over to him and to follow in his ways to live a righteous and holy and just life i don't think that was god's intent it, to accept him and then just do whatever we want and think that god's going to be right there to pick up the pieces all the time when we willfully do those things when we live reckless and dangerous that's not how love wins Instead, the response of Jesus to Satan is the model for what our response should be as well. The scripture also says, you must not test the Lord your God. God's plan is not for us to test him, but to obey him. He's given us the model to live by. To consistently say, not my way, Father, but yours. Tempting fate and living a life that that goes against scripture and against God's plan for us is embracing the love and compassion that God has for us God wants me to live holy and in a surrendered life to him in obedience because he loves us and love wins so write this down for number three here's your last feeling for the weekend love wins when I rely on God's promises love wins when I rely on God's promises Matthew chapter 4, the last three verses, 8 through 11. Next, the devil took him to the peak of the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their, and their glory. I will, give it to, I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Now we assume that Satan took Jesus to what's called Mount Hermon which is the tallest mountain in all of Israel. It's it's in the northern part of Israel, and it's the highest point of the region. Now here we have Satan offering Jesus a shortcut to power and glory. Because in God's plan, Jesus would be given the place of supremacy supremacy after suffering and being raised from the dead. In the the, the plan of Satan, Jesus could just bypass the cross and pain and rule over the kingdom of the world. Think about this. That had to be a very tempting offer. This is Satan saying, Jesus, you know what you're going to have to go through. The sacrifice you're going to have to suffer, just bow before me and I'll give you all of this that you desire or all of this that you know is coming to you, the kingdom of the world, without the pain, without the suffering given by the hands of humanity without you having to look up to your Father from the cross and feeling forsaken and abandoned. Here, Jesus, take the easy way out. Now, that sounds real familiar to us. Take the easy way out, Jeremy. Don't go through all the mental and emotional pain that it's going to take to get you from here to there. Take the easy way out. I can give you the same thing, but no, he can't. We need to remember that whatever Satan tempts us with is just a counterfeit of the best of what God is offering. Satan can't reinvent the wheel. He said to Adam and Eve, you're not going to die if you do that. And thousands of years later, he's still saying to us, you're not going to die if you do that. It's the same little tricks, but it works because you and I still fall prey to some of those things. Jesus knew that once he paid the price for the sins of humanity, they would be lifted up to rule in God's kingdom. What Satan was offering him was just a counterfeit to that kingdom. This weekend, Satan is offering you and I the same counterfeits because he promises freedom, but he delivers bondage. He promises the best, but he delivers the worst. He promises pleasure, but delivers pain. He promises life, but delivers death. Jesus knew that serving God alone is best, and he wants you and I to know the same. the serving him, the serving his plan, His way is the best for our lives. Saying no to temptation and following the way of Jesus. Verse 11 says that after Jesus made it through the temptations, the angels came and took care of him. Now why was this included in the text? I believe it's because Jesus wants you to know that once you go through your temptation and you come out victorious, that he's going to care for you. That he's going to be right there to love on you and to nurture you. Because Jesus knows that the temptations we face are hard, that the struggle is real. They're hard on us emotionally, they're hard on us mentally, sometimes physically, relationally, financially, and especially spiritually. And when you make it through, like I said, you're gonna be cared for. You can rest a bit. When you make it through that temptation, you can rest and say, Whew, Lord. Thank you, that that was a tough one. And he can say, I know because I've been there and I love you and I was with you the entire time because love wins. So five quick things to remember about temptations, okay? Five quick things. Number one, first of all, we are all tempted. Every single one of us, no matter who you are, we are all tempted. None of us are above being tempted ourselves. Second, temptation itself is not a sin. It's what you do with it that can make it a sin. We can either give in to it or we can resist it. Because if temptation itself was a sin, that means that Jesus was a sinner and he was not. He resisted and he was perfect and he did not sin. The third thing about temptations and, uh, is that they fall into very predictable categories. Either your appetites, fame, or power. Either appetites, fame, or power. One of those three categories. Remember what Paul said, that the temptations of your life are no different from what others experience. Every temptation that we face fall into one of those three categories. Appetites, fame, or power. The great news is is that Jesus already defeated and overcame all of them. And we can do the same. He gave us the model to defeat them. The fourth thing is that we are going to be tempted at the most inopportune times of our life. When we are at our weakest, the devil came to Jesus after he had been fasting for 40 days. When we're most vulnerable and not expecting it. Let me encourage you to stay strong and keep your guard up. And the fifth thing, lastly, our temptations can indeed be overcome. They can be overcome. That's God's promise to us. When temptation invites us in, God promises a way out to escape it. I know we can all relate. Every single person listening, every single person watching can relate to times that we've given in to temptation. We try our best to live a godly life, to do the things that we're supposed to do, to live the way that God has instructed us to live. But then we fall, we fall into temptation, whatever that temptation may be. We beat ourselves up, we're discouraged, we're disappointed in ourselves. But just remember, how did Jesus overcome his temptations? He remembered who he was and he put his trust in God the Father. And he used scripture. There's no way you can use scripture if you're not in the word. If you're not in the Bible, if you're not reading the Bible on a daily basis, how can we use Scripture against temptations if we don't know what it says? It's just another reason why we should be digging inside inside the Word every single day. A great thing to do with your Connect 3 group. You and I can also go through our temptations because of Jesus. Jesus perfectly overcame every temptation, and yet he did not sin. He took all of our sins upon him on the cross. And now God forgives us of all of our sins because of Jesus. It's not a license to sin, but a reason to be thankful and to strive forward towards faithfulness and even your maturity in your relationship with Jesus. You can do it. Jesus believes in you. Listen, we have the greatest cheering section in all of the universe and he's right there cheering us on he believes in you he knows you can do it whenever you're faced with temptation know who you are know that you are a child of the holy living God and that God has given you the same power that he gave his son Jesus to get through that temptation and after you get through it he will care for you wherever you are will you bow your heads as we pray Father, thank you for the promise that when we are tempted, we are struggling. Lord, you have already showed us our way out. Before the temptation even comes our way, Lord, you've already provided the escape. Father, we look for that. Lord, we know that because we're human, we are going to face temptations every day of our lives until you come. So Father, during that time, Father, I pray, Lord, that we will be in your word, reading, reading your promises to us, Lord, so that we can quote back to Satan whenever he tries to tempt us with whatever it is, Lord. We can use your holy word against him as a weapon. Father, we can uh, call a friend. We can uh, just stop where we are in the moment and just surrender our, our thought life and our, and our actions and our motives and our agendas over to you in the moment. And Father, you will come and you will, you will care for us. Your promise says that. We've received that. Father, as we inch every week closer and closer to the celebration of what you did on the cross and the the resurrection 2,000 years ago, Lord, I pray that, God, you would just continue to prepare our hearts for the celebration of what you did for us. Lord, we surrender and trust you with everything that we have. Father, we love you. We give ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, don't forget about all the things that we have. Text the word prayers to 30500 so we can be praying for you. Also, your Connect Three groups. Uh, every Monday morning you'll get the scripture for that week uh, to go through that. And lastly, just want to remind you, Journey with Jesus, March 28th through April 4th, right out here in the quad of our Turlock campus, daylight hours only during that time. Celebrate with us moment by moment during the journey of Jesus. Let's prepare our hearts and get ready for what God wants to do in us and through us during the Easter season of 2021. Hey, we love you. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend.